So God, we thank you for today. Um, we are grateful for just another chance to be alive mm-hmm. and to think about you and talk about you and fellowship with our brothers and sisters. God, we ask that you bless this this conversation, that you be all up in it, you be the center of this conversation and our thoughts. Um, and just let our meditations of our heart just be pleasing in your sight. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys. What Welcome up? back. Another episode. Preaches our podcast. My name is Jeffrey Copeland. My name is Brandon Jackson. I almost forgot. I'm not going to lie. I know. I, I, I literally <laughs> had to gesture you. I like, was literally about to move me out. <laughs> Brandon, how you doing today, Doc? Man, uh, I'm doing I'm doing good. I have a, have a slight headache. Hmm. Um, I forgot I had it all day. And I'm... I've learned to like pray first and then take medicine. Mm. So I prayed and then it didn't go away. So I was like, okay, let me go take some medicine. Which is, did you take some? I did. Oh, yeah, okay. I took some uh, Tylenol. Okay. Cool. So for everybody who's going to give me pushback on the Tylenol, why'd you take Tylenol? Whatever. I took it because that's the only thing I had in the house. <laughs> yeah, we got some ibuprofen. Yeah. Uh, yeah but other than that, man, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm mostly excited that like, we are like almost at a year, mm-hmm. man. Like, like this is episode forty-eight. Um, this is out. This is insane, dog. Like forty-eight. We've done this forty-eight times. I don't even think I've been consistent in anything like this. <laughs> man. Like, like well, I guess going to work or being married to your wife. I know, but that's like. <laughs> I mean that's like a given. I'm talking about like anything yeah, like yeah, external that, yeah, that's true. Um, that's that I have extra. to do, and that I'm, that I'm doing like on my own. Like now, mm-hmm. but with you, it's just like, no, yeah, I got all right, you. cool. I can make up excuses for everything else, mm-hmm. but when it comes to this podcast, like, I'm like, bro. Even I told you today, I was like, hey, uh, on the 18th, I won't be here, or on the 20th, I won't be here. Like we gotta schedule something up to, to for an episode for the 18th, and you're like, bro, our season will end on the on the 18th. And I was like, oh snap. Mm-hmm. Our season, like season two is about yeah, to season end. Season two is almost over, which is like. This is crazy. Crazy. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see like what next year holds. Um, but honestly, man, this this has been a fantastic ride. Like, I, first of all, I've learned so much about podcasts. <laughs> <You> just, man. <laughs> I was, was not into podcasts part. at all. Just so everybody knows. Zero podcasting experience right here. And Jeff was like. Yeah, I want to start a podcast. And then he told Uncle Rod, and then Uncle Rod convinced him of this nonsense, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> this is all Uncle Rod's fault. One year later. Man, that is wild. It's about to be a year. I can't. Like, yeah, that we had that conversation. It seems like it seems like we've done like 10 of these. Yeah. I guess because we're not tired. Yeah. Like, we haven't got to the point where we're like, oh, do, you still, do you still feel like doing this? It's like we're now mm. at a point where it's like, nah, bro, I love this. Like, I could do this forever. Oh, I yeah, probably just, my wife just cringed right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, how are you though, Jeff? I am doing? good, man. I'm I'm a little dehydrated, so I can't wait for the break. <laughs> give me a water bottle. But um, I'm really like like excited about about this podcast, what we're doing with it, like the future of it. Yeah, like, I really feel like season three is gonna be wild. <laughs> You seen this? It's like I weird. know. That sounds. You just weird. said it all nonchalant. <laughs> like season three. Yeah. Season three. <laughs> season three is gonna be crazy. We're we're going to be upgrading this space that we're in. Yeah. This will. I know we've been bouncing around all over the place. Everybody's like, like, every time it's a new location. <laughs> so this is going to be the spot. Um, we're gonna get two couches. Not this one. We're gonna get two new couches, and um, we got some new furniture and stuff like that specifically yeah. for this. So my wife, shout out to my wife. She she's the one executive producer, executive, man. She's all on this. She's killing it. The, the fact that she even allows out. us to do this in our house, yeah, is dope. But um, but don't you gotta give us some credit. We did prepare this way before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like we had to. It was a process we, before like, we even had a house. We were talking about. This. <laughs> I so, remember. <laughs> so that was cool too, man. But just the fact that like big things are coming, and I don't even know if I should say this. I don't know what you're gonna say, so I, could, I can't even. <laughs> I can't tell you. I not can't to even say tell you it. not to say because now, now so I'm we intrigued. Had, we had a great conversation this morning. Oh yeah, at church, and oh, yeah. you know, if if God says the same, guys, we were able to talk to Pastor Carl. Yes, and uh, 
It's on the books. It's on, it's the, on, schedule. The, it's on the schedule. So he man. put it in his phone that he's going to be our guest for our season finale uh, on October 18th. So that's gonna. I am be. already looking forward to that. I was even thinking about like, what are we gonna, what are we gonna ask this man? Like, what questions? Like, I mean, I, I have a, I have a lot of ideas on what to ask him. Um, I had a few. The cool thing with him is that you're just gonna be able to be like, what do you think? And then he'll just. Go go we'll for just it. Be sitting there, like, oh, it's been an hour. Okay, like um, oh, that's gonna be crazy because he only preaches for thirty minutes at the church. Wow, yeah, it feels way longer. Than it, it 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 does. It's just like in a good way. Not yeah. that he's still no, it's going, eleven but... o'clock, and my dude is like done at eleven thirty. He's like, what? That's it. That's it. Yeah. In today's sermon was, bruh. Today's sermon hard. was wild on so many levels. So many levels. <laughs> it was so like even like now just thinking about it, I'm like how number one, like as as a Christian, we've we've messed up a lot of stuff. Like how we view the world and how we view like suffering and how we view all this mm-hmm. thing. And um <laughs> I've even been around people who who prophesy and like their prophecies are always just good, like all good, mm-hmm. no bad. It's, like I see the Lord doing this in your life and he's going to change you and he's going to wow. make you into this. And, do, and it's like, good, 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 good. And then you look at the prophecies of the Bible and you're like, hold on. Most of them things. Most of like, them was tragic. Yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, were all bad. Man. I mean, they, they were always, they were always um, <laughs> sprinkled, <laughs> sprinkled with hope. Um, but the, there was always like, no, you're going to be here for a mm-hmm. while. So Jeremiah 29 um, which is a famous verse. Oh man, that, so it's so funny not to cut you off. <laughs> no, it's go ahead. So funny that I've always known that people take Jeremiah twenty nine. Is it thirteen or or uh, twenty nine eleven? Twenty nine eleven. I know people have taken it out of context, and I've always criticized people for it. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't know, know why. <laughs> I'm just like you're taking it out of context. You just don't even know. What you're and talking I didn't about. even know what the. I just knew but, you were. <laughs> I just know you're not using it right. I don't know how to use it, but now I do. Like the the fact that it's about something that I take, I have a lot of passion about the exile thing. Yeah, you do. Um, I I that is just such a huge. You loved calling America Babylon. Thing. It that's my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite truths and realities. Let's go. Is that yeah we we are we are exiles and but the coolest thing. This is not what our episode is about, guys, but. <laughs> the coolest thing about that passage is that you can literally look at any person, any human being, mm-hmm. every human being on this planet and say, you are an exile. Yes. Because we are all exiled from the Garden of Eden, from God's presence. So yeah. we are literally all living in exile. So it's not surprising that exiles would get together and create governments and systems that would exile other people. Oh, so, of wow. course, Babylon's the way it is yeah. because it's ran by like exiles. exiles. That's what we know best. Mm-hmm. So we know how to exile people. Because we've and been exiled ourselves. Yeah, we are all living in exile because we're out of God's presence and his mm-hmm. direct connection to him, to, to the source of life. So wow. it's like understanding that and like realizing that, you know, we're in the land of death, yeah. sin and death. And so... Which it we weren't actually, created for. Yeah, it actually gives us a lot more comfort to deal with everything, you know, to ask God, you know, how long, oh Lord, how long, oh Lord? It's in mm-hmm. the Psalms all the time, but it's just like, bro, you in this. So now that you're in it, this is how you should be really, while you're in, in it. it. Yeah. That was the whole point of the sermon, which was really dope. And the thing that like really caught me was the fact that, uh, which is, I've heard this already and you've heard Jesus say it, we've heard it in the Old Testament, but you just don't actually practice it and it's, to like pray for the prosperity mm-hmm. of your captors. Mm-hmm. Like even as a black man, like that, yes. I, I mean, that sermon was, fa- was fire. Um, and I understand, I understand like our church's biblical context or mm-hmm. uh, like the flip side or not biblical context, their re- reality. Like mm-hmm. I understand that, but I keep thinking like, man, when he would say, when he would say certain things, it hit me different. Absolutely. Because I'm like, I'm I black. was very quiet. that sermon. <laughs> Because I'm like, what you're saying hits different for different people. Yeah. Especially like African-American context. Like like when he started talking about, we're about to go into a whole critique of his sermon. <laughs> but 
when he started talking about be easy because you know it's coming out. Oh, I know. I'm not critique. It's not a critique. It's a react. But it's like, um, you take people away from their home, take their, names. their names, you change their language, their culture. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can relate. Like, to I that. have no idea who I am. Yeah. I don't know who. Like, I don't know from where I came. Mm-hmm. And it's even weird because like people will do like ancestry.com and like trace their background. And their all DNA. you get is like West Africa. Yeah. So or you, like South. You get a region. You don't mm-hmm. get a country. You don't get a tribe. You don't. Yeah. But there are literally families out here who could be like, yeah, I'm literally from like Ireland, mm-hmm. and like my family's from like this city, and like mm-hmm. my, you know, I still got family here. Even Jessica's family. Um, her Spanish side, they can trace all the way back to like, mm-hmm. like four or five generations, and you're just like, and it's yo, yo, it's so interesting. I think the coolest slash not coolest part of 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 any of that, what it what the, what it showed me, what what the Bible shows me, is that you cannot take pride in your ethnicity. Mm. Like you can be grateful and, and it's a blessing from god god made me different he made me this way yeah, and yeah. i'm glad i'm black but the moment i start trying to take pride in it mm-hmm. it becomes an idol facts so it's like facts i mean you saw it with the jewish people they, they made their culture into an idol mm-hmm. like yeah we were circumcised and we had the law yeah. you guys are gentiles and it's like you guys are on our you level missed it yeah and so i think i think one of the best ways to do that is to understand the history of your ethnicity mm-hmm. and i think that's especially true for our european brothers and sisters including man. spain yeah <laughs> spain you know? man started the whole thing off man yeah Just... spain and portugal were the ones that started african slavery but it's another conversation so anyway guys what we're actually Crazy. supposed to be talking about <laughs> we spent 10 minutes uh, not talking about it is uh we want to focus on romans the book yeah. of romans and and famously called the roman road now i gotta be real be honest i only heard about the roman road probably two years ago and yeah. i grew up in church and this is not an indictment on my church on my my former church but it's just like it's not that i didn't hear it it just wasn't like explicitly this is the roman road right right let me walk you through it verse by verse yeah. and this and this and this is the implications of that i heard a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. but it just wasn't like formally like laid out to me where i could actually take it apply it to me and also use somebody else yes yes so and i think even in like this the simplicity of it mm -hmm. so um all the verses that that the roman road has in it uh they all have all they've all been taught to me Mm -hmm. but they've never been yeah exactly what you're saying Mm -hmm. they've just never been like put together and shown me like okay this is how you use this which i believe if it was taught to me I think that I would be a better evangelist. Mm-hmm. I think that I would just be more in tune to like, or more um, inclined to spread the gospel because be it equipped. would it more. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. equipped. I feel like, Oh, I can do this mm-hmm. um, because I've always had questions. It's like my most famous question that I would ask or people would ask me is like, what am I being saved from? Or why do I need, like, why do I need salvation? Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, from sin, I don't deal with sin. What do you mean? On this? Everybody, but I'm, 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 I have to assume that these people, whoever I'm talking to, already understand. Yeah, have dots to connect. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they don't. It's like they don't understand what sin is. Um, they know what right and wrong is, but sin is not right and wrong because it's like right and wrong can change. Oh my gosh! You feel. All day, like mm-hmm. like we talked about those episodes back in the day. Um, King of the Hill has some like really <laughs> raunchy, racy, like crazy episodes um, that were okay for the time, but mm-hmm. now you would get canceled automatically for even like insinuating some of the stuff that they had put on it on their show so it's like right and wrong is not sin and i would tell people like yeah you know you know doing good stuff well, i mean even good stuff can be sin yes so it's like it, mm-hmm. it's in a category all by itself sin is not like a good and bad type of thing it's literally on a category on a level by itself so uh the roman road just shows okay this is how to explain the gospel in really like the fastest and most accurate way i think because like even the uh uh the clip that we're gonna that we're gonna play and show it's what four minutes and that's like with all the extra stuff that's in it yeah so uh you're looking at like maybe three minutes of like what the gospel is Mm -hmm. so uh, i think it's a very important for 
it's a very important tool. Yeah. Like it's not the only way. I don't want people mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. get it twisted. Oh, we didn't get taught the Roman road, and like this is why we're all jacked up. No, the Roman road is a very good tool it's to use mm-hmm. uh, to bring people into the understanding of Jesus Christ and their need for salvation. Yeah. So, so let me go ahead and play this. I really actually like the beginning. Did you? Because it it really put a lot of things into perspective that I didn't think about. Like the numbers that they use. Yeah, yeah. Let's just play. I thought it was cheesy, but I was like. Well, this is the type of stuff I, I think about and I teach about. Oh, gotcha. I, I just love this, these concepts of like, anyway. It just gives yeah, it'll make sense when I play it, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Two people in this world die every second of every minute. are considered evangelical Christians, over 3.5 billion people will die in your lifetime without knowing where they will spend eternity. That rocked me. <laughs> Four like that billion me. people in your lifetime yeah. will die without Christ. That? Four billion. Mm-hmm. There's seven on the planet now. <laughs> what? That's crazy. That's insane. Death is inescapable. It is inevitable. It is a commonality that all life shares. We will all die. We are dying. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we know that we will all die because we have all sinned. There is no exception. Romans 3.10 says, None is righteous. No, not one. And Romans 5.12 goes on to say, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Sin, and through it, death, is a reality that everyone must face. But, Romans 6.23 does not leave us condemned to death. It continues to tell us that although the wages of sin is death, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. According to this, we can escape death, but not physically. No, our bodies will inevitably die, but we can be given spiritual life for eternity. How has Jesus given us this eternal life? Romans 5.8 tells us that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. The creator of the universe loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you so you can spiritually escape death and live with him forever. So how do you receive this gift? Romans 10, 9 through 10 tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and by the mouth one confesses and is saved. All you have to do to receive eternal life is confess your sins and believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead. But how do you know that you've really been saved? Romans 10.13 tells us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All you have to do is ask. So where do you go from here? Romans 10.17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now that you have received this gift of eternal life, continue to have faith in God who has saved you. Listen to his word and mold your life around him. Live your life in such a way that glorifies God and prepare your heart for heaven. Don't die without knowing where you will spend eternity. Choose Christ. Man. That mug. Wow. Ooh-wee. It's crazy. Because... Number one, the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. But then just the weight. Yeah. The weight of it. You just, you, you have to be, you, you, you have to come to a point where like, if you're told the gospel, you have a chance to accept it or reject it. Mm-hmm. 
But like once you're told, you don't have uh you don't have any you don't have an excuse. Mm-hmm. My grandma used to say life is too short and eternity is too long for you to die without Christ. Wow. And I used to think like man, and she, my grandmother was she was an evangelist like for real. Like she if you didn't know Jesus and you were my friend, oh, by the time you got out the car of her taking you home, you knew Jesus. Or you at least knew about him. And and she would they my friends would get out the car and she would say, All right, now you have a choice to make. You can get out this car and go in your house and go to bed. But you may get out this car and die. If you die without believing what I just told you, you will spend eternity in hell. And I'm talking about I don't know if it was a scare tactic of her, but she would look them kids dead in the eye and be like, You will die. And if you die without Christ, you're going to hell. And they'd be like, uh, yeah, Miss Davis, I, I want Jesus. And, and she'd be like, all right, so now pray this prayer. Because you know, that, that was the era that we were in. Uh, and then they would go in the house. And then then they would come to youth group. And they would like legitimately come back and come back. And I don't know like how many people were like were like literally transformed by that moment. But she just didn't waste time. She would, And then she would be like, son, you got to understand, life is too short. And hell and eternity is too long to die without Christ. And stuff that didn't really make sense to me until I watched this video. When I watched this video, I was like, that is so true. It's just too long. Yeah, man. I mean, so this book, Romans, mm. is... I can't say that there's any one book in the Bible that's like the greatest book in the Bible. <laughs> well, But it's <laughs> up there. Because it literally summarizes the entire Bible. Hmm. If you can understand Romans, and even the way the the letter, because it's a letter, Mm -hmm. the way it's crafted is just beautiful. The first half is saying one thing. The second half is saying another thing um, that go together as far as like, here's the bad news. Here's the good Good news. news. Yes. And uh, I mean, just the whole history of the letter itself, how Paul crafted it. there is evidence that Phoebe was involved in the crafting of it. It's possible that she was involved at mm. the very least. Number one, she's she the one that it. delivered it. Yeah, she's most likely the one that read it out loud to the church in Romans. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, there's very little you can debate about that. Facts. The only way she could have done that was to get explicit instructions from Paul. On how, how to, to do, do it, it, what it means, yeah. what everything means. Mm-hmm. If they ask questions about this part, say this. this like, like she had to be intently involved. She had to be well-versed yeah. in the letter. She understood. She wasn't just like, all right, so there you go. <laughs> like, so that that's really cool, number one, that Paul, like, he even says in the in the end, I think in 16, like, he talks about you guys give her respect. Like, yeah. So, I mean, the fact that you have a prominent pastor, like, praising a woman in the church Fact. says a lot. Mm-hmm. Now you have to deal with what Paul also says in other letters, mm-hmm. Corinthians and Timothy, but you can't dispute that. Yeah. And what he also says, about I think he says multiple other things about women in that same chapter. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So there's one aspect that I really want to focus on. We talked about it a little bit last week. Um, and it is the fact that confessing with your mouth and believing with your oh, mouth. Oh yeah. Um, let me, we had a little bit of a <laughs> yeah. We kind of kind of touched on touched a on bit. it, but I really do want to like not even come to a conclusion, but like hash this out. Facts, we can do it to where I'm with it, Jeff. You know, as long as you get that pushback. It. Yeah, Keep so your push back to yourself. <laughs> uh, do you remember what the verse is, bro? Uh, the whole Roman road, right? Her. Just because it's, oops, that's Zoom. Let's see, can't stand Zoom. And there we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, so we have. Uh, which one do you want? Or you're looking for the the exact one, the one we just said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to get the context around it as well. Okay, so um, if you believe in your mouth and confess, uh, is Romans 10, 9, and 10. Okay. So that one says, uh, this is the King James, but it says uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth 
the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Man, that King James is something. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm looking ahead of that verse, guys. We're in chapter 10 of Romans. I'm looking ahead of that verse, before it, I should say. And, uh, you know, Paul says, but the righteous based, uh, says for, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down <laughs> or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Like no human can do either of those. Oh, wow. Right. Verse eight. But what does it say? This is a quote. I got to figure out where he's quoting from. He says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. I think that's really deep. Hmm. I think that actually answers a lot for us with this. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. And here's verse nine. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So we can. I want to really stick on this. So, um, I think the debate of this is like, okay, like, is there a sinner's prayer? Mm. Like, is that a thing mm. that everybody has to do, has to go through, should go through? Now. I, I growing up in church, that was something that I that I struggled with. When I was a little kid, I said it every single time. Just to be, I wasn't just to be sure. sure. <laughs> like pastor, there'd be a serm, a section in the service. Where he'd he get down bad. with his, he'd get down with the sermon, and he's like, "All right, if you want this Jesus, he's like, you know, bow your heads, close your eyes, and uh, you know, pray this prayer after me." And so, like, I would mm-hmm. do it every time. Okay, I'd repeat every <laughs> word. Okay, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, and then he's like, with your eyes still closed, uh, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, raise your hand. And he went, oh, I see your hand. I see your hand. And then everybody started clapping. <laughs> now, what I this is totally off topic, but what I didn't realize is that sometimes there would be no hands, and he would still do it. <laughs> Fact. When <laughs> I was ushering, and we'd be in the back of the church, I would be like, man, let me look. Then you open and there'd your be eyes, no hands, and he'd be like, I, I see, see your hand. hand. I'd be like. Where? What in? Is there, is there <laughs> angels in your spirits? But oh um, my god! <laughs> but I would do it every time, and I would just be like, okay, I was like probably like 12, 13. and I'd be like, so how do I know that I, this I'm good? Mm-hmm. Like that I don't need to keep doing this. Like how many times do I need to keep saying this? For and so always. now. And then fast forward to today, I, I got to the point where it's like, okay, like I don't, I'm not really down with, okay, you need to, you want to say Jesus, let me, okay, let's say this prayer with me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. Now I'm open to someone explaining to me like why that's needed, why that's valuable. Because the thing that I struggle with it, it just feels fake. It feels yes, like. Thank you for like saying that. If it's that. really a, is it? It sounds like a formula. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, once you do, okay, boom, boom. All right, cool. You're good. You're saved. Like, because there's a key that we are missing here in the verse. I think we we lean too heavily towards the confess with your mouth. But even that confessing your mouth, I don't think that's like a prayer. It's like, I mean, not, it's you talking to God. I don't think it's like a. It's not something like someone can do for you. Like I I, I keep like feeling like yeah you me. can't you can't repeat after me confessing sin you know what I'm saying like mm. or confessing Lord because all we ever all I've ever experienced is like Lord Jesus I acknowledge that I'm a sinner that that's that's not necessarily confessing sin no right not at all um, now it depends on what do you mean by sin is it capital S sin like mm-hmm. the state that I'm born in, born in? Or is yeah. it sins the sins that I've committed that I've committed now I think it's both I would agree. Um, Patience said something to me that I was thought was really interesting. He said, uh, "Jesus did not come to die for sins. Right? He came to die for that. sin. I remember that. Like he doesn't. He only came to die for one sin, and mm-hmm. that is the sin of disobedience that yes. Adam and Eve did. That's yes. it. Because you can trace every other sin Back out of that. that right? Yeah. So that all makes sense. To me. Yeah. All that. sins come from uh, you know disobedience. But as far as like okay, confessing sins, confessing sin, um." The weird thing is, 
Because it's not necessarily. It's not even what it asks for. It's not it's confessing that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. Yeah. That's what it's asking you to say. But that's when I say that, it's like you have to say that yourself. Like right. I can't I can't be like Jeff, uh, say that Jesus is Lord. And you be like, Jesus is Lord. That, all right <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you're it, good it, it's just a re, it's it's i've been like it because it goes on to say and believe in your heart i think both of those go together like yeah you because, have to believe what you're saying yeah because i think what what well you know what let's take a break and we'll come back because we're at 30 minutes we'll, we'll take a break and we're going to come back and really drill down into this guys all right let's take okay. a break Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, uh, this is a commercial for Preacher's Hour. Got to pay the bills. Uh, yeah, our, <laughs> our Patreon, guys. So uh, we talked about it a little bit in some episodes, but uh, this is the actual commercial for it. So we have a Patreon. They have a website as well as an app that you can get. Um, and we have two tiers on our Patreon. If you know how Patreon works, if you watch other YouTubers, everyone has it. My brother has one. Heck, people are using it. So we have a donation tier, which is $3 a month don't get any extra perks you're literally just helping us out we just would love it we, we appreciate, appreciate it. it we um, appreciate it and then we have a five dollar a month tier and that one you would get access to um our youtube live that we will do so we're gonna start doing we did an instagram live before we're gonna start doing youtube lives and they'll only be for our five dollar a month patreons um and they'll be able to do like live q a's with us and it'll just be really interactive so if you don't want to miss out on that Hit on our Patreon real quick. The link will be in the description of our episodes. Uh, it's patreon.com slash preachers hour. If you need more information, hit us up on Instagram. Yeah, help us out. Yeah, man. All right, back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, we are back from we our, our dinner break. Shout out uh, to my wife with the enchiladas. Man, she did that. Mm-hmm. All right, so... As we were saying, we're talking about Romans uh, 10, 11, mm-hmm. um, as far as confessing to your mouth. And believing in your heart. Um, 10, 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. So, <clears throat> as far as the confessing with your mouth. So, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. First of all, the only way you can do that is to understand what the you, implications of yes. him being Lord. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I think the rest of the previous parts of the Roman road and the rest of it will help you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what we need to like get people to understand before they're even in a position to confess that. Right. To know what they're confessing. Yeah. Because at the, at the end of the day, like I can tell you what to say, mm-hmm. but that's not, it's not real for you. Right. It's not, it's not, it's literally just, it's you reciting what I'm telling you to say. That's not a real confession. If I tell you this, which is hilarious now that I have kids. So if you have kids, you understand, like if your kid does something bad, you want them to apologize and you tell them, apologize Mm -hmm. and they say i'm sorry did they mean that no No. like they could even feel bad for getting caught for what Mm -hmm. they did but they don't actually feel bad because what what they they did did hurt someone Mm -hmm. or they they don't care about that they're just like oh i got caught so now i gotta say this i think confessing is the same way like if you just you know say this with me i okay don't don't take me like i'm like what i'm saying is law or Mm -hmm. what i'm saying is bible Mm -hmm. but in my understanding it's uh they have to come to the conclusion on their own and through that like they will start to like ask questions as i said on the break like jesus doesn't force anyone to become a believer mm-hmm. so i'm not going to force anybody to become a believer either not even by me ex- instructing you on what to say right because if if wherever you are in your life or your your relationship with jesus he doesn't care how you say it like if you mean it in your heart he knows that so i see it's like okay this kid, which is, I work with a lot of hood kids, they don't know how to pray, but I, I'm teaching them like how to pray, but unless I give them the opportunity to actually do it, then they don't actually get the, the practice or like how to conversate with their God. Mm. They get a way, they, they can speak to God the same way I do, but that's not real. To me, it's not like this. The way that I talk to Jeff is not going to be the same way. Josiah talks to Jeff the way his wife talks to Jeff. It's different. Mm-hmm. So the way that we talk to God, like people shouldn't mimic us um, in what they do. They should be able to come to their own realization of how to talk to God on their own. And then also how to confess, like, this is this is my choice to follow you. And if they have questions and they don't know how to do something, if they ask you, hey, I don't know how to pray. Could you teach me how to pray and tell God that I want to be a follower of him? 
that's where I want to get to. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. But if I'm telling you what to say, when to say it, and how to say it, I don't know if that's like true confession and or true conversion. Yeah, because you now obviously, the only time I've ever seen someone like bring this up as far as okay, repeat after me uh-huh. is after they've done some kind of gospel presentation. Right. Right. So they have an you as the person presenting at least have some kind of belief that this person understands what they're about to say. Yes. They understand the implications of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know Hopefully. how sure you could be. I don't know if that's something that you should worry about or strive for. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I feel like I would I would be really worried if someone doesn't know the full implications of what they're repeating. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I don't, you know, it's it comes down to convenience. I don't know how much time I have with this person. Yes. Um, if it's like a total stranger off the street. I'm trying to get you um, saved as soon yeah, as I'm possible. Yeah, I may never get another encounter with you right, ever right, again. Right. right? So I get I get the the urgency of like, okay, look, you have you're a sinner. Jesus died for you. Do you believe that? Right. Okay, say this. All right, cool. Boom, you're good. Like, and I can be on my way. Because, you know, if I live with the the implication of the beginning of the video as far as like Four million, four billion people are gonna die, die in my lifetime. In my lifetime, that means that like it's a big number. That's a lot of people that I have the potential to impact or right. not impact, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't mean that like that doesn't mean that you have to get them to repeat this prayer. Because even for me, I want people to to get to an understanding where they want to pray that prayer. Like if they say, hey, I want even for my youth group. So I talk, on the break, I said this to, to all you guys is on the on our youth group Zoom call. I was just trying to make sure like all my students knew Jesus. Like I just want to make sure, OK, you guys know who Jesus is. Like, you know that this is not about church, like just doing church. Mm-hmm. And they were, all of them were like, yeah, like we get it. like we have to have our own relationship with God. Um, and that's going to come through like experiencing him by reading the Bible. They gave me a whole bunch of stuff. But they but what by what they said, I understood that. I understood that they understood that their relationship with God was personal and it had to be them connecting with God, not me or them connecting with God through me. They understood that. So I was like, cool. I believe that y'all have salvation, but I have to still ask this question. How do you know that you're saved? I got to ask them that question. And like a lot of them, most of them didn't know why or how they were saved. They didn't know. And that's not because they didn't trust God. They didn't believe in God. They just never were told why they why they were saved they just didn't know so i walked into through the roman road and at the end of it i'm i asked them again like how do you guys know you're saved and they're like oh it's this way like you said that in you showed us that in romans 323 that we all said you showed us in romans whatever like that we have to confess with our mouths and i was like who in here wants to confess with their mouth who in here wants to believe in their heart and then the majority of the kids were like i've already done that like i, I did that already and i was like okay cool now that you know that now when someone asks you how do you know you're saved you know how to answer that question mm. but also deeper in you you know why you're saved mm. you understand why you're saved. and you came to that conclusion on your own that's not, not okay not on your own like i right. taught you something right that opens your mind to know okay this is why i'm saved and like i didn't have to walk them through a prayer right i believe that what was done in their heart was done in their heart and when they when they confessed that they wanted to follow jesus and that they want to continue to learn more about him that shows me that their salvation was real because the commitment afterwards is is being worked out. Like they're saying, I want to learn more. I want to pray more. I want to read my Bible more. I want to understand the Bible after I read it. And through that, I'm saying, okay, God's doing the work. So I'm, I don't know if I will ever lead someone into a sinner's prayer or into that kind of like, I don't know if I'll do it unless they ask me, like, I have no idea what to say. And even still, I would say... Just give them suggestions. Yeah. I would be like, yeah. say whatever's in your heart. Wait, if you could see God face-to-face right now, what would you say? And then let them take it from there. Yeah, I think the the what to say would come out of a understanding of the Roman road. Understanding like the implication of everything. If yeah. I understood that you know, God created the world and then he created us and uh-huh. we sinned and we broke everything. And then he came, became a human being, lived a life, saved us by dying on the cross, rose from the dead so that we get to rise from the dead. Yes. Right. Cause he, if he stayed dead, we, there's no point in talking about this. Mm-hmm. Right. If I understand all of that, then what to say 
is going to come out of a genuine place. You remember what Patience said on the sanctification episode where he was saying, um, he said that we we become sanctified as out of a response to the to love God's, of God. Exactly. I think even our, like, we will confess and believe in our heart at a response, out of response of what we hear God has already done for us. Bro, it says it in the Roman road. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Bam, that's it. Thank you so, guys for listening to the PGR <laughs> podcast. My name is Brandon. This has been great. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so if, if I've, and again, this is assuming that I have the, the luxury of time. Yes. Of being able to like sit with this person and explain to them as much as possible the implications of what the Roman road is saying. That's why I like this as a tool because I'm not going to the entire Bible. Right. And having a show. But if I can just literally stay in this one book, because mm-hmm. the Bible itself can be overwhelming for a Christian. Christian. Man. It's probably even more overwhelming for a non-believer. Or a new believer. 66 books. Do you need me to read this whole thing? <laughs> Listen, bro. <laughs> I didn't know I was getting my master's out here. I already graduated from school. But it's like, no, look, just go to this book. Mm-hmm. And let's walk through this. If you get this, then go back in your journey yes. and read the Bible as you as you progress. Yeah, it gets easier. But I think understanding all of of what it's saying, of what Romans is saying, mm-hmm. like you will respond to the that the understanding that you gain from all of that. Yeah, helps you know what to say. Now, confessing that Jesus is Lord, that is massive. This how many words? What you mean, Reverend? Like you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That's three words. There's so much in that. Number one, saying that Jesus is Lord is actually more. It 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 accomplishes saying that He's God. It actually says that. That's Mm -hmm. what that phrase means. It means it's when Jesus says that I'm the Lord, or people say Jesus is you're the Lord, like. That's like that was grounds to kill him. Yeah, because you're saying that you're God. Yes. I mean, people people make this argument. Jesus never said that he was God. He actually did. Mm-hmm. By him being called and saying that I'm Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. That's saying that he's God. Yeah. Right. So that's number one. You're you're basically saying that Jesus is the God of the universe that created everything. This human being that lived a life is that God. Yes. You're saying that. Okay. Now, when you also say Jesus is Lord, that means that he's the Lord of your, your life. life. That's what we are trying to get people to confess. I never that, said Jesus. Like we always think about like Jesus is our savior and we're cool with that part. But like he says, confess that Jesus is Lord, not confess that Jesus is savior. Mm-hmm. He is savior, but if yes. you claim him as Lord, he automatically saves you. Yes. But like understand the implications of him being the Lord of your life. Man. That's, I, I preached, I preached this twice. I preached to the high school kids at Flipside and the middle school kids at Flipside um, last week. And like getting them to understand we it's very easy to talk about Jesus being your savior. Everybody's cool with that. Super cool. All right. Thanks, man. You saved me. Appreciate you. Thanks for paying my bill that I couldn't pay. I heard it was uh, getting your fire insurance. (laughs) Yo, (laughs) got my fire insurance Mm -hmm. and keep moving on my way. But when you understand that, no, now he has to be the Lord of your life. And what does that mean? And like, walking them through the fact that we become slaves to Christ. Mm. I think it's um, 1 Corinthians 7. I forget the exact verse. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 7 when he Paul's talking about slaves and, and masters and he's like if you were a slave and you got called by Christ, you become free. But yeah. if you're free and you're called by Christ, you are a slave. That actually applies to everybody. Yeah. There's another verse, I think it's Galatians, where he says, like, you have been set free, but don't use your freedom to satisfy the flesh. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you are now a bond servant. You actually lose all decision-making power in your life. Right. It is not your life not anymore. anymore. Like. Nope. And that's something that Americans do not want to hear. No. And my biggest thing with the sermon was like, I want people to know what they're signing up for. Like, I want you to know, and I said this in the last episode or in the, in the one with, with patient, like people need to understand what this Christian life is. Pastor Carl said this morning, Christianity is not something that you like 
I forget exactly how he said it in the beginning of the sermon. He was like, Christianity is not something that you like. You don't look at marriage. Oh, yeah. He, he said he said Christianity is how you view everything. Everything. Like it is literally the eyes that you see the world mm-hmm. with. Yeah. It's not just some little thing that you add and you use it every it's once in like a while. It's not like I think it, the idea is like it's not like glasses. Yeah, it's not like you I use this. Oh, them I can't read. I got to read this thing. Let me. Okay, boom. Okay, I'm and gonna, okay you, now I take them off and I go. It's not. I just use it for certain situations. No, it's literally your eyes, my eyes for everything. everything. Facts, right? So, the same thing with with Christ being the Lord of my life. Like, I am no longer in charge. I I give up freedom. I give up the ability to choose what I want to do. Yep. And and. You know what I'm passionate about. Everything like, is for him. Everything, everything is, is his him. now. So like he literally tells me what to do. I have a boss. When he tells me to jump, I say how yeah. high. Like like <laughs> that's what we are saying that you're confessing here in this mm-hmm. in this passage. You're confessing that you now have a king. Yes. And you, you're not in charge of your life anymore. And even if you're not even like 100 percent sure, like or, or understand that 100 percent totally, you can still confess that Jesus is Lord. You just have to learn what it is what to it be means, what you just confess. Yeah, what you confess to. Like, okay, I'm gonna tell you and this is this is actually crazy because the idea of the Roman road in comparison to what Jesus is saying uh, while he was alive, like if you're gonna follow me, pick up your deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Like this is the only way you can be my disciple, is if you pick up your cross. And he's like he's telling people, you what you want to do is not what I'm telling you to do. Everything you want, all your desires have to get nailed to your cross, that you have to carry your cross. cross yes. You put it up, you nail all the things, that you not want. just the sins. No. And I preach this. It's not just like the bad things you think are bad. Mm-hmm. It's everything that gets nailed to that thing. Yeah. So your everything. desires, what you want to do with your life, like your dreams, your it's hopes. not your life anymore. It all dies. Because the cross is a, it's an execution device. Yes. It's, it's literally a symbol of death. It represents death. Mm-hmm. Things have to die with this thing. We wear these crosses on our necklaces and stuff. Like it's it's like It's like wearing an uh, electric chair necklace. Yeah. It's li- you're, you're wearing an ex- worst ex- instrument of death yeah. in human history. Yes. But Jesus turned it into something beautiful. Yeah. Because we also, the old horrible selves of, of ourselves gets to die on that thing too. Mm-hmm. We get to become a new creation. Yes. And like Jesus is, Jesus paints the picture of, of what the Roman world looks like um, in the gospels where he's telling you like, this is what it's going to be like. And then the Roman world, it says like, confess that Jesus is Lord. If Jesus is Lord, he tells you to die to yourself. You have to die mm-hmm. to yourself. You don't have a choice. You have to give up your wants, your needs, your desires uh, to him. And then, and then what he, what he exchanges for that. It's like, is is things that are like almost intangibles like uh like peace and um mm. the 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 ability to stay calm under extreme uh i don't know chaos like the ability to to see good in people who are treating you wrong like what we learned today and uh, mm-hmm. how to pray for our enemies yeah hope like, your, your persecutors prosper yeah mm-hmm. like he changes your mindset and it's nothing like we we heard this when we did the Rav, the uh ravi zacharias episode where it's like what we learned about prayer Prayer is not um, that God would change your situation, though he has the power to. Mm-hmm. He can change your situation, but what prayer really does is it changes you to adapt to your situation. So whatever you're going through, uh, it could be traumatic, but what you have is joy and peace um, in that situation because you're like, oh no, I understand that God is God has taken away something that I wanted. God has taken away something that I thought I needed, but like he's changing my mind in this process. When you make him Lord of your life, he... He does take things from you, and it's gonna hurt in the beginning. Like, I just want to be honest with people. Like, it's not like easy. It's not rainbows and butterflies. Death hurts. It's painful. The cross hurt. Oh, it's you. It's not going to be like okay. I'm gonna become a Christian, and God's gonna somehow magically make me not want the things that I want. No, no. He mean he's gonna cut away stuff. Yeah, he circumcises circumcising your, your heart, and that like circumcised circumcision is not good for anyone. Like it's a, it, hurts. It, it hurts. Like something that you said on Friday in the AV call. When it's like you don't just take things away, oh you yeah, have to replace them with something. Yeah, so it's 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 subtraction by addition. Mm. So what Jesus is doing, he's trying to take things out of your life by adding him to your life. Ooh. So when you see it's like okay, I want to start, and this is another thing where this is kind of off topic, but uh, going back to sanctification, the way that you're sanctified is becoming more and more like Jesus. You mm-hmm. say to yourself, if I have more of God, then I will want less of the world. The more that, and the crazy thing is. For anyone who's ever experienced like Christian camp or some type of like Christian 
uh, stint where you had to like, it was like you, a bunch of Christians and God for like a week or longer. You understand what it's like. You can see sin so clearly after these mm. things. Like you can, I remember going to camp and coming back and being like, my school is just horrible. These people cuss all day long. These people. And I used to think, and I used to like judge people. Like, I mean, I was young and dumb. So I'm like, I can't believe. And I would talk to my best friend, like, man, you should have went to camp, bro. Like, you don't even understand what you're doing right now. You're blind. You're this and that. <laughs> <laughs> and you would just like go in on people. Uh, but the truth was like, because I had so much Jesus in me, mm-hmm. I was able to see sin for what it was. I was able to see sin for uh, for what it was doing to people too. Like being able to see all that. But the sad part is, as you when you get back to the world, when Jesus sends you back to the world, if you're not strong enough, the world starts to come back into you and less and less of Jesus. So you stop praying as much. You stop reading your Bible as much. Mm-hmm. You stop hanging out with your Christian friends as much. Um, and, it, and, it, and it weighs you down. I even think about this when we go to, when AV goes to South Africa, mm-hmm. we come back on the spiritual high. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, it's to the point where you don't even want, you don't want to watch Netflix, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't want to turn on Netflix because I don't want to lose what I have with Jesus right now. It's so different. It's so superior mm. to what my life is um, because he's become the Lord of my life, like an actual Lord of my life because I was in an environment where he was the only answer. <laughs> like you can't sin in a house full of 12 like legitimate Christians. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't just be out there wild and you have to be uh, you live a certain way because of the accountability of people who are around you. Actually, it was 18 of us. So the idea is when you have when you make the choice to say Jesus is the Lord of my life. It he's going to take things away from you, but he's replacing it with himself, which is better. Yeah. You may not know that, but it is better. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of people, we all we want to get we want to do we want to be better in mm. in general. Yeah. Oh, I gotta cut some stuff out. So yeah. That's our natural tendency. Oh, I want to go on a diet. I want to stop eating mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. But if I don't replace what I'm taking away with something. Something good. It's gonna. Yeah. Be, it's. It's not gonna work no. long term. It never works out. I have to replace because it's like, oh, I'm gonna stop drinking. Yeah. Okay, but then you replace that with or what? What happens? What will fill its spot is like you. You start smoking cigarettes. Cigarettes. Yeah. Or you start. You start drinking heck of coffee or drinking mm-hmm. energy drinks or something whatever else becomes case. the addiction. Yeah. So you have to actually replace. In fact, it's probably better to bring in. Jesus first, right? Always, and I then gotta stop sinning. I gotta no, cut this out man, before I can go good, to church. That's I gotta good. get right first. No, 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 no. Bring him in, and then he will push the bad the, the, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the uh, the famous church uh, demonstration of like the the water, and they put the the food coloring in there, and then sometimes they'll add bleach. Mm-hmm. I think bleach is a terrible example because it's like the water's not drinkable. So it's like, I'm like, this is not, this is not the kind of Christian you want to become. You don't want to be a kind of good Christian that, can't, that people can't like drink from. You're just poisonous. Uh, so you just, yeah, not that. Uh, but another one is like when they just bring more water. So it's like, okay, they put the, the, the food coloring in this pitcher and then they put the, uh, the water in there, the food coloring, it turns whatever color. And then they just add more water. And it says like the more water you add, eventually the bad water goes out. And then it just becomes clear water again and it's drinkable and it's usable for many things. I think this is the picture that we must carry mm-hmm. when we are presenting, like after we present the Roman rose, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. Now you've accepted Jesus. This is, this is where you are. Like you're now this picture. Yes. It's still dark and cloudy, but now there's a little bit more water. So it's not as cloudy mm-hmm. as before. And the more Jesus you put into this thing, the clearer, the clearer it, gets. it gets. And just in life in general, everything is just, uh, Everything becomes more clear to you as you walk closer and closer to Jesus. And it's going to be, a, you're going to have a sense of, uh, you're going to have a sense of wholeness. Uh, the Bible calls it shalom. Like it's just, it's not just about peace, it's but it's like, it's completeness. It's wholeness, yeah. You feel like, okay, no matter what comes at me, I will be able to withstand it. Um, which is crazy. As we learned today, the prosperity of our enemy is the benefit for us. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So super off subject. Maybe not off subject. I might get back. But I watched the video on YouTube and it was talking about how like the benefit of the benefit of helping other countries be like self-sustainable is a benefit for like all of humanity. Mm. Because like if a country doesn't need or is not in need or a country is not in want for anything, they have they they're less likely to attack a country that has it. Right. So if a country is is like so, America does like a lot of like 
charitable stuff around the mm-hmm. world. And it's in our best interest to do it because if, if a country like Myanmar becomes stable and, a, uh, and, they be, and they have everything that they need, then they don't have to attack another people group or another country because they have what they need. But anytime someone is lacking, it's like, oh, let's go attack the fat cats, mm-hmm. take what they got and like make our country stable or whatever the case may be. Shalom is best for everyone. When a human being is at peace with, with himself, with his God, then he's able to teach that to someone else. If they can be at peace, then he no longer has to worry about that person attacking his home or his stuff or his goods. So I think about um, people who are just uh, who are mean and just downright like trash people. <laughs> like if if you as a person, if you as a Christian are in contact with a person that like this, they're broken on the inside. Like mm. the inside of them is broken. They're not whole. This is why they lash out. This is hurt why they're people, mean. People hurt people. Facts. That's that's literally like what Healed is happening. People. Heal people. people. I never heard that that switch off, which I should, because my church literally that's our mission statement: a healing community, healing its community. <laughs> but the idea here is that we understand that if we are whole, anything someone says to us should not take us out of our character that Christ has put in us. Mm. And we should be able to pray for them and pray that they would prosper, pray that they'd have good things. And then when they get these things um, and your relationship with that person is, is, I don't know, kind of working out, you can continue to tell them about the gospel. Like, look, mm-hmm. this is why I do say, this. Hey, I prayed for you. Yeah. Even when you were being mean to me, I was actually praying for you. That mm-hmm. you and like, I would genuinely get that want... new job that you got. Yeah. That this would happen to you that, you know, your grandma would be healthier, whatever the case may be. And it's like, what? After I was so awful to you, then they respond to the love is a much more powerful thing to respond to than more hate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I wanted to get this last point in on this scripture is as far as a believing in your heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I think to 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 give some excuse, I don't want to say excuse, but like to give the church some grace. The reason why we focused so heavily on confessing and having a a sinner's prayer, like saying something vocally, because that's the thing that we can see. I cannot <laughs> see what's going on in your heart. heart. Facts. And so, and churches don't like that because I need to be able to like, you know, keep track of how many souls I've yeah. saved, how many souls I've lived to. Like, I need to be able to add that to my, my dad and my stats mm-hmm. so we can feel better about ourselves and say, yeah, you know, I led 12 souls to the Lord. <laughs> and well, how do you know? Well, they all confessed. They all repeated after me when we said the Lord's Prayer. So how are their hearts? Uh, 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 you don't know. No Only God knows that. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to talk about that. But we need to understand, like, we can do <clears throat> as much work as we want, but only God knows the heart. Yeah. And so, like, that's when I, I would really try to emphasize to the person that I'm trying to evangelize with this Roman road. It's like, yo, only you and God know if you believe in your heart that Jesus, that God raised him from the dead. And that really should be enough for the yeah. for the evangelist. And that's that's literally all I can hand. That's mm-hmm. that's it. And so um, if you don't believe that, we can continue. You can ask me questions. We can talk about how do we get you to that point to believe yeah. that this is real? Because um, the exact thing is uh, believe that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Now, that's a big thing to believe. This mm-hmm. guy died and he came back, back to, to life. life. Bruh. What? That and I don't I think I mean honestly the Holy Spirit is what gives you revelation to that verse. Mm-hmm. Um to many of verses in the Bible that like literally are uh supernatural. You're just like Mary having a baby without having sex. Like mm-hmm. wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. How's it happen? Um and you think about like someone being raised from the dead and someone ascending into heaven. Um, all those things are are crazy from an, from a carnal perspective. When mm-hmm. I say carnal, I mean like a person who doesn't know God, a person mm-hmm. who's just like not who who thinks just logically. You don't have any yeah. spiritual um, intuition. I don't know what it's called. Mm-hmm. So to that person, it's crazy. But to a believer, the Holy Spirit kind of like affirms that in your yeah. in your heart and in your mind, like in your brain. You just be like, no, like it's real. And you're like, how can you believe that's real? Like it sounds like nonsense. Bro, honestly, I can't explain it. It just, I believe it. it. I just believe it. I believe Based this is what happened. everything that I've seen and experienced mm-hmm. and read and... Like, this this, this has to be real. And it has mm-hmm. to be real to me. It's real to me because I've gotten to a point where I experience God. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing... I can't... Can't really explain I can't to explain you. you to... I can't explain to you an experience that I had. Like, I can right. tell you an experience. 
but like you won't understand it fully because it didn't, didn't happen. To you. you didn't experience mm-hmm. it. I can like you went to the Discovery Center, and as much as you wanted to tell me yep. all about it, as and the thing understand. is, I'm like I want to be just as excited as you, yeah. as you are, but I can only be like a, a fraction of uh, as excited as you are because I didn't get to go through it. And it's mm-hmm. like okay, and then when I see people who are Christians who who've told me things like, you know, I've seen God do this in my life, or I've seen God do that. That makes me want to experience God in that way. Yes, and I think that should be the goal. That's that's what we're trying to get non-believers to do, to have yeah, an experience, experience. with God. Mm-hmm. And the hard part about that is that it's difficult for us to do that. It's difficult for us to like take credit for that. You're trying to create an environment. That's why I think that's why we always have temptation. Like, just come to my church. Just come to my church. Because hmm. it's like I want you to experience what I experienced. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work though. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't really. Because um, then it's okay. Well, I'm coming to this place, and this is a good environment. But it doesn't guarantee that I'm going to experience God. I'm going right. to experience your pastor. Mm-hmm. I'll experience the congregation. I'll yep. experience the different ministries and programs mm-hmm. you have. But it doesn't guarantee I'm going to experience God. God. And that that should be the the purpose of everything we do. Yeah. At a building, mm-hmm. is the only reason you're here. Only thing, reason all this exists is so you can experience God. God. And so that you can believe in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the the next verse. Uh, it says, um, where is that? I literally just saw it. Oh, um, for with the heart, one believes and is justified. Now that mm. that word justified, uh, I think in Greek, it's diokaisune, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And it literally means made righteous. So it means like you are made right with, with God. God. Mm-hmm. Like you are now in right relation to your creator. Yes. That's like the whole point, point. of this existence is to get you to be right with your creator and then to help you get other people right with their creator. Like yes. we, that's all we want. People to be right in right relation to their creator. Yep. That's what we talked about on the sanctification podcast. Yeah. Like for you to be called out of the grave, mm. to be unwrapped. So that you can go unwrap other people, mm-hmm. um, and I think this is one thing we miss as um, as a church. We we continue to count souls saved, yeah. But what we need to do is count people discipled. Like if we count souls discipled, then we can. We I think the progress changes because it's one thing for get someone to confess, uh, but even if we read uh, the parable of uh, the the sower and the seed, you know that people can confess Jesus. And, and with all gladness, being ready to like go out there and preach the gospel. Uh, but then some people can get that snatched up real quick by the birds. Mm-hmm. Some people get choked out by ministry or thorns um, or whatever it is, like just life. and yeah, What uh, kind of dirt are you working with? Yeah, exactly. Crazy what it comes down So to. when it comes to people, it's like, yeah, your soul is saved. And this is where you, even you had mentioned earlier, you said, um, you know, if I don't have time to, to do certain things. And it's like. I get that. And at times you won't have time, mm-hmm. but you have to do your best to either get that person plugged into someone who knows Jesus in that vicinity. And if you can't like do what, do your best to like, make sure they are equipped enough to, to, I don't even know. Cause they can't do it on their own. So I was like, they can't unwrap themselves. You right. need someone to be there. So um, if you're going to evangelize, uh, I think that some type of discipleship needs to be in place. So if you're, um, this is, this makes sense. Why churches can't be born of themselves? Mm-hmm. Like you need someone to like usher you in, dude. It literally so, says, um, and I'm gonna go back, but it literally says, um, verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Mm. That's why we exist. Preachers are podcast. <laughs> you know how, now. Mm-hmm, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? Dang, that's in Romans. Sure is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, before that, it says, um, um, everyone who, uh, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. That's beautiful. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. Right. That is that's something that's important. We got to get people to understand is like, yo, if you really believe that you really do this, like mm-hmm. it's going to work. But only, again, I don't know if you believe. Yeah, I can't I know. Do. That's not for me to know. I think we got to we have to stop paying attention to yeah, that. We like, got to be OK with that. 
because at the end of the day, our hope and our our hope and our uh, in God is God will do the work. We'll plant the seed. If we have the opportunity to water the seed, amen. Yes. Amen. But if we don't, this person is about to be on a journey with God. Number one, in the best hands ever. Mm-hmm. If you're walking with Jesus, though you may not know everything about it, if I can leave with Jesus, you're in the best hands ever. Right. And then my job is to say, God, I, I fly out in two days. Help me to disciple as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Or help or me to find, find a church somebody that, to, to here that I can here, partner that with. Say, hey, man, what's your name? What's your content information? I'm going to give yeah. it to my friend if that, that's okay with you. So they can reach and out to you. they can reach you. out to you and we can continue this process. Yes. You I mean, to, in, in, to do that in every aspect, I mean, I get it. We don't have a bunch of time. Sometimes we don't have a lot of time because we don't want to spend time. But we have to say, say okay, that. at least, and I just, I'm thinking about this because I'm about to go to my mom's house in South Carolina. Mm. And I'm like, if I meet someone there, like, I need to know, like, I can point them to, to somebody. Uh, to somebody. There. So I'm like, all right, bro, like, let me get your number. Like, you know, this is my mom's number. She's a believer. She can help you. She can plug into the church. Um, this is my brother-in-law's number. He's a pastor. You can, you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll be ready to do that. And I think that that's, that's important. That's why it's important to, like, we need to, like, know people everywhere. Yeah. Like, our network of believers needs to be massive. It does. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's why it doesn't make sense to just stay within your little bubble or whether it's your denomination or just your local church. Mm-hmm. Like we need to know people everywhere. If somebody yeah. lives, oh, you're going to Alabama? I know my sister Beth lives in Alabama. She can help yeah. you out. Ooh, oh, Beth, I miss shout you. Shout out to you, Beth. <laughs> um, miss you, homie. But uh we just need to have more we gotta have a bigger, a bigger squad. Mm-hmm. Um, people all over you know people in South Africa, like you know, I mean it's just like if we can build up and know enough people, yeah, you know, I think that will make this job of walking people through the Roman road, walking people through salvation, better. Yeah. I just think that's the way to do it. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's what we have to do. There's no other. There's no other way. I mean, mm-hmm. learn for the, for a tool. Learn the Roman road. Yeah. It, it's a good tool to use. Yeah. And then secondly, like once you've given someone the Roman, once you've learned it, you've given it to someone else. Make sure you're ready. To either walk alongside that person if you mm-hmm. can, and if not, that you plug them into a place that is preaching and teaching the good news of Jesus Christ. That has people that are willing to walk. And willing to walk them. with them. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening again. Um, we hope that you learned something today. Uh, we hope that you will take it and that you would spread the gospel to those who don't know it. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who, like, shares us on your Instagram story. Shout out to Delia. Hey, Delia. We appreciate you. Thank your you kind words. Everybody, every time you guys like send this to other people or share stuff or leave us, you know, comments or whatever the case may be, put on your story. That does a lot. It's not just for us. No, I feel like it gets what God's trying to do out to more people. Yeah, and it's encouraging to us. So yeah. if you do have a good thing to say about this, or if you have something mm-hmm. negative to say, something that'll help us. If it'll help us, we want to hear it. Yeah, if so. your heart is to help us, we want to hear it. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, we'll see y'all next week on the next one. Have a great uh, day. All right, love y'all. Peace. <laughs>